Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah! Yeah! ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. I did not think at 1 o'clock on a Bears Monday we'd be going out to the GM meetings for baseball to talk to Jesse Rogers, but the Cubs have made a splash. It's not Shohei, but it's big and it's... I, I mean, it's something. It's something, all right. Let you know thought about the, what you thought about the manager you had. Well, they've done this before. Like They saw an opportunity when uh-huh. Joe Madden became available and they went and got him. How'd that work? I mean, Joe tried to screw it up, but... Who's the other guy they had pretty well. before they brought Ricky Renneria in here? Mike Quaddy. Uh, we had Quaddy, but it was another guy that came over here. Dale Swaim. Dale Swaim. They, they gave us the great Dale Swaim. And then, then said Ricky was better. Then they hired Theo and Jed, and they got they started getting you know things right. Uh, Jesse was texting uh, with me and Sylvie about an hour ago. But and weren't they the ones that hired Dale Swaim? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, remember. I don't they remember. did. Then they put in Renteria. Then they put in Joe Madden. Uh, I don't know if they hired Dale Swaim. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at that. I'm not sure. They were tanking, so they were trying to find the worst managers they could find. When there was time to get good again, they went oh, out and they got Joe Madden. that's what they were doing. I got yeah. you. you. What? You're the one who complains about it all I the love time. It. I I don't <laughs> complain about nothing. You're sure talking you baseball. Do. I don't talk baseball. Yeah, you've never complained about the Theo and the tank job. I don't, I don't talk about baseball. I sure. can't wait to get Jesse on, that, though. That, that's a good one. Because I want to talk baseball Jesse now. Jesse texted us so like excited. an hour ago, and he said, Council's leaving, and I jokingly said uh, 35th and Shields, and he laughed at me. But I don't think at that point we knew it was going to be the Cubs. It sure seemed like he would join his buddy David Stearns uh, from the Brewers, you know, with the Mets now. Jesse, uh, Jesse's on the Car X Tire and Auto Guest Hotline. Are you shocked? Oh, are you kidding me? Completely stunned. Completely stunned. And it, And it's probably because there were simply no inklings of this last month, and as I just tweeted out, Uh, The Cubs needed to ask permission from the Brewers to talk to counsel until his contract expired, which was on November 1st. They did not ask permission. Milwaukee would have said no to an in-division rival. So this all came together between November 1st and today, within the last few days. And it was an offer, I'm guessing he simply could not refuse, $40 million over five years for Craig Council. And I, I haven't talked to Jed yet, hopefully very soon. And I imagine he's going to say similar to what he said about Joe Madden coming here. It's really not about the last guy. It's about the guy we're getting. And Council is considered at least arguably the best in the game. I've spoken highly of him over the years. It's been amazing to watch him up close, do what he's done with so little in terms of payroll. Now he has payroll and he has a resume to go along with it. So this is just a shocker. Again, I think they're going to say more about uh, uh, Council than they will say negative about Ross, obviously. I would but I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, Ross had his flaws, but I didn't think he'd be fired. I, this does uh, seem like the Madden thing, where, and again, it was a manager that had done good things without a payroll for a lot of years. You just hit on it with Council. I believe the Brewers have finished first or second in six of the last seven seasons. They don't uh, spend a ton of money. By and large, I think he is without question one of the handful of best managers in the game. Was the $40 million more than the Mets were offering? I don't know the answer to that, but it was similar, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it was similar. I was talking to someone that knows Council well, and, and he kind of said the offers were good. This one is going to be the richest in history, and it is. So um, I, I don't think I, – I, I'm saying that at least the Cubs matched it and probably were better than the Mets in, in the long run. And this really – 
you got to go back to Ricketts and give him credit. Now, look, yes. I think we have we have figured out his style. He's not Steve Cohn, right? He's not he's not going to go crazy. But when there is an expenditure, his baseball people believe in Ricketts will open up the checkbook. And the thing is, I think he and Jed Hoyer really see eye to eye in the sense that they are very measured. Like this is why I was on the air with Peggy and Dion the other day. I said I don't think they'll go nuts for Bellinger or nuts for Otani. But if it's a reasonable, rich contract, they will be interested in both of them. But I imagine both will be out of their price range. Here's a very rich contract for a manager. But again, I'm sure Jed made the case, this guy is worth it. And so you see the the, the biggest deal in the history of the game for a manager. So I got to give Ricketts credit. Other than the you know what happened after the last championship, the COVID years, when they took a dip, he has been in this to, to, to field a competitive team. And we could criticize 19, 20, 21. You can. At least there was one extenuating circumstance, the lock, or two, I guess, the lockout and COVID. But other than that, he has fielded a competitive team. Yeah, I think uh, I sort of hinted at that same thing a little while ago. I said we busted his balls a lot for some of, and rightfully so, for some of the ridiculous rhetoric during uh, the pandemic and this idea that, uh, they, you know, you don't buy sports teams to, to make money. That's, uh, that's absurd. Um, right. But I do have to give him credit. Uh, for things like this, for identifying and going and saying, yeah, I wish my team operated this way. I say it a lot. I, it, it's tough when it happens, you know, to the team on the other side of town. And my team's mostly an afterthought or a laughing stock. So I do have to give well, him credit. Um, well, think about this. Think about how cold blooded the front office is. I mean, this is a guy in David Ross they groomed from before he, you know, Madden was even fired. We all knew that he was going to be the next manager. And they groomed him. They put him in the front office. They gave him a crappy team post, uh, you know, the 16th team when they broke it apart. Now they, they almost make the playoffs. I wonder if they had made the playoffs, could they justify firing him? But obviously there's some flaws, but there's no one better than Craig Council. I mean, there, maybe there's some that are equal, Bruce Bochy, whoever, but there's no one better. But that is a cold-blooded move to fire the guy you groomed after he nearly made the postseason with a roster that was questionable, right? Uh, but certainly Council's a better manager. I don't think anybody in the game would dispute that. No. That has to be a tough conversation that Jed Hoyer had with David Ross, Jess. <laughs> that could not have been I mean, they had, a tough, they had a tough one with Ricky Renteria. Jed had a fly to San Diego and break the news to him, and that was Ricky Renteria, not necessarily someone they groomed and everything. Right. This is their guy. This is their guy. And he just finds out today, you know, when I was texting you, I had reached out to Ross's agents, who I know very well, they did not respond. Mm. This is before it got out. They did not respond, and my you know, spider sense started to tingle a little bit there. Is something going on, or maybe they're just not answering their phones, but usually they do. So, yeah, this, this, this is pretty stunning. I mean, everybody here at the GM meetings, and we're just getting going. This is really uh, sort of the soft beginning of the meetings. They start tomorrow, but hopefully I'll get to Jed in a little bit. Everyone's just stunned here, just absolutely stunned. I mean, Council is a Milwaukee guy, Wisconsin guy, through and through, grew up there, yeah. played there. Um, his agent's based in Chicago. I mean, it's just it, everything it, you know in the area, everything about him is, is Milwaukee and Midwest, so he stays in the Midwest, but he goes to their arch rivals. Just amazing. How much do you think that factored into the ultimate decision? And money probably more than anything else, like you said. I mean, maybe the offer was a little bit better than the Mets offer. That's probably going to trump just about everything. But all the things you just laid out where it, it sure felt like it was the kind of no-brainer, I think, suspicion was, well, he's going to go join Stearns in, in New York with the Mets as they try to build that thing back up uh, with all the money Steve Cohen has. Like, to, How much did the, the proximity maybe and just the, the comfort of being in the Midwest factor into all of it? 
knowing counsel like I do, I'm going to say a lot, a lot. Think about this. Several teams asked permission during October, right? Um, uh, Cleveland was one. Yeah, the Mets, Cleveland. maybe another one. Since November 1st, the Cubs called, and at least one other team with a manager called, and he jumps on the, on the Cubs' offer. Now, maybe it was all money, but I imagine a lot of it, knowing counsel, was about staying near near his, his home here and his kids and everything else. Now, a couple of them are in college. I think one might still be in high school. So um, I, I'm guessing he won't commute from Milwaukee, but he could, I guess. I guess he could. But this is, this is just stunning for a, for a Wisconsin native to, to go to their arch rivals. But, look, $40 million speaks a lot. I would imagine Brewer fans understand they could be mad at their, their owner for not paying it, but they shouldn't be mad at counsel for, go, for going after $40 million. That's unheard of managerial money, you unheard of. S- you said one other team called since November 1st? Was it the White, yeah, so- I don't was know. It the White Sox? No, I don't think so. Some no. speculation it was Toronto um, among teams that had a manager. I wouldn't be surprised if St. Louis called. I, I, I can't imagine Marmo's there long, although – Yadi Merlina seems in is in mm-hmm. the wings there. So we started to check off some some teams here, and and I start, I, I kind of landed on the Cubs, and you know all this stuff just added up, and just just stunning news. So hopefully we'll get to Jed, and let's hear him dance around. You know why Council's better than Ross because he's going to have to exactly yeah. tell us why. And again, I think he'll praise Council more than criticize Ross. But um, yeah, like what do they the think Cubs, they're going to get out of Council that they weren't out of Ross? That's something that we'll I mean, be first asked. of all, I mean. I don't want to say near perfect game management, but game management at the highest level. He's very okay? good. Yes, I agree. Yeah, game man, um, and, and he's just very good at getting the most out of players. Now that could, I assume that will still translate to a higher payroll team. But whatever the max um, you can get out of your team and slash individuals, Council's been very good at that. So I assume that still applies to a higher payroll team. And just what whatever holes there that most managers have, he fills in. Not perfect, of course, but. I think he just fills in the gaps, and he certainly will when it comes to David Ross. But um, it really, really uh, it says to everybody the Cubs are ready to win. You know, they are ready to win or will be in the near future. I still think they will be measured in their, their free agent contracts. Um, I will say this, really keep an eye on the Japanese uh, imports, the, the, the pitchers that are coming over. They are going to get huge deals, and they may be worth it. This is probably one of the best Japanese pitching classes coming together there's two three four pitchers coming over and the Cubs are absolutely in on them much more than let's say Blake Snell or someone like that and then the trade market for them is going to be huge as well as I've said before on the air do they all throw 101 with these ridiculous sliders and sinkers and all the other crap I mean you watch them in the world baseball classic it's like I don't know they're machines what they're rolling out of Japan yeah there's a 30 year old even Imanaga um, that I think the Cubs are, are really interested in there's a couple other, you know, Yamanoto is the big one, but he's going to get 200 billion plus. Is there any uh, problem then, with age verification coming out of Japan like <laughs> there is out of Cuba? Yeah. I don't think so, Yerk. I don't think so. Not compared to, to, to yeah, Cuba or, or some other Latin American places. But I don't, I don't think so with with Japan. I mean, this guy's 30. Like, there's no, you're not, you know, that yeah. they're maybe they're they're he, not saying he's 25. Maybe he's really yeah, 33. Yama, I don't know. Now, Jesse, Yama, you, no. you said Craig Council is like uh, he gets credit for getting the maximum out of the players. When Christian Yelich struggled that one year, was that Yelich's fault or was that Council's fault? Well, it's always the player, but you you ah, understand what I mean. Aha, aha. That's your question. So, well, my point is, getting the most out of his players is really a bunch of jargon. Well, I think out of the te- I think that out is. of the team, he yeah. gets the most yeah, out of collectively. It's point. collectively. You're right. My you're right. Point, I, don't, I don't think he turns he turns an average intact. player into superstar, but it's a collective thing. But it's just it's just you know what it, lo- it looks like when a, when a team, a player, a manager has holes in his game. 
Council really doesn't have holes. However, whatever that translates to, he just doesn't. He's just really good, such a good communicator, um, all these things. I think when we talk to him, he'll say he was stunned, the Cubs called. I think he's going to say he was stunned hmm. because this is six days ago. What, what's today? November wow. Seven days ago. He was ready to go to back to Milwaukee, and then all of a sudden, boom. I'll tell you what I'm up for is a breath of fresh air. Especially the way the 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 team finished last year. You got it now. Was it 7-15 and in their last 22? Or whatever it was, it was not good. The team that they were leading uh, Mm -hmm. beat the snot out of them in two series and ended up making it to the World Series. That they did. That they Uh, did. I mean, what's going to top this at the GM meetings? Uh, Nothing. 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 Absolutely nothing, unless Shohei signs with Cleveland. Nothing is... Nothing is going to top it. You don't think Shohei or Bellinger sign during these meetings, right, Jess? This will be no, extent- no chance. This this, this no extends chance. pretty deep, yeah. Yeah, Shohei, I think is winter meetings or just a few, you know, a little bit after the winter meetings. Yeah, you know, final offers at the winter meetings. He Bellinger could be January. I mean, it's okay. Boris. Boris yeah, is going right. to wait till Shohei signs. Yep. Boris is going to wait till Yamamoto signs for Blake Snell. He's going to play the waiting game, yep. because that's what he does. Um, but I mean, I am just stunned. I have personally known Craig Council for over 25 years. I am just wow. stunned. It's really, it'll be really good to work with him on a day-to-day basis. You guys like him. He will have an answer. Like, he will not, uh, you know, we, we, we may not always like it, but he, you know, he comes prepared. Let's just put it that way. I like it. All right, Jess, anything else we should know? Uh, just on the way out. I mean, Rossi was a great guy, right? But, you know, it, it happens in every walk. You know, if you sure. can improve your team by 1%, let oh, alone boy. 10% or 20%, you make the move. So we'll see if Ross resurfaces. Um, quick conversation with Chris Getz today about TA because there are rarely decisions like the tenders and stuff that are 50-50 calls or options. That was, they simply said, we have so many things to work on. I just want to get a reset. Um, my feeling, and this is not him speaking, me speaking, Tim's going to reemerge as a second baseman. He's going to reemerge as a second baseman. I doubt it's with the White Sox. You always leave that door open. So there's a chance for the team to reset at shortstop him to reset and it's just like i i didn't want to be bogged down by you know figuring out what we're going to do with that position i mean he's still going to have to but if he retains him he would have had to force him to move to second right. and that may have been a conversation guess wasn't ready to have so it's just like let's just clear the books of that spot and we'll figure things out so we'll see where ta lands i think it's going to be second base I, I, I could be wrong. could be shortstop somewhere, but I think it's going to be second base. I think term. you have a good point there. Yes, I would agree with you. All right, Jesse, good work. Let us know if anything else okay. happens. All Woo. right, buddy. You got wow. it. See you. Thank this. you, Jess. In Scottsdale at the GM meetings. And, uh, yeah, nothing's going to top that this week or in the, probably the next few weeks in baseball until the big boys start to sign. And like Jesse said, even Shohei will probably be sometime after the winter meetings. But the Cubs went out and got correct counsel for the richest, most lucrative manager contract in baseball history. So you'll give Ricketts credit there, not messing around. Five years, $40 million, and they say goodbye to one of their favorites on the, you know, to, to do this as they relieve David Ross of his duties. And factually speaking, Theo Epstein arrived in October of 2011. They let Quaddy go, hired Swaim for 12 and 13, Renteria for 14, Madden 15 through 19, and then David Ross 2020. And then Rossi. So yeah. Quaddy Swaim, it's hard to keep all those guys That's together right. back then. My God. Quaddy. Those were when your team wasn't very good. Your team has been much better. I mean, I know there were a couple of down years after COVID, but your team has been much better. And the choke job wasn't fun for Cub fans this year, but you seem to have an ascending team. They might go out in the free agent market and spend some money. I expect they will. And they just brought in a pretty accomplished, highly regarded manager that, again, hasn't finished, you know, uh, worse than second uh, 
in any season other than one in the last seven years. So that's pretty good. If you got a thought on it, Cub fans, go ahead. We got Bears calls, I know, and it's a Bears Monday. But Cub fans, your level of excitement. I got a few texts in me that are pretty jacked about it. 312-332-3776. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is What a Monday. Uh, The Cubs shaking up the baseball world, hiring Craig Council, replacing David Ross, and paying him uh, a very lucrative $40-plus million over five years. Parts out of Milwaukee are that the... I don't know if it was the best and final, but uh, maybe it was. The final offer to Craig Council was somewhere in the vicinity of $5.5 million, so it's not bad. $5.5 million a year. Milwaukee, obviously, I think to a certain degree, was trying to retain him. The Cubs went big, and they got one of the most uh, well-regarded, uh, well-thought-of managers in the big leagues. Also, nothing from Matt Eberflus on uh, Justin Fields for Thursday, kind of non-committal. Walkthroughs the next couple days, light practice Wednesday. They're just still doing the day-to-day thing. He was throwing, though, over the weekend, uh, including last Thursday. So we'll see if the grip strength is to the point where he can play on the short week against the lowly Panthers. We haven't totally forgotten about the Bears as they lose again and fall to 2-7. and seven. But the Cubs really stealing the headlines, Yerk. Uh, that's your team. I mean, I-, I wish the White Sox would be so bold. But uh, no, that's not the way they do business. Um, and that's, you know, probably the... The best thing I can say about what the Cubs are doing. It's more impactful for uh, you guys that are Cub uh, fans, uh, though. I'm going to be honest. Uh, one could be as good as they want to be that they've got a new manager. The uh, the players on the field still got to get it done. And as much as Jesse wants to credit the manager for getting everything out of all his players, uh, I pointed out one guy, Yelich, that didn't have a performance. Was I to blame the coach for that, the manager for that? No. You blame the individual players. They're the ones that got to bring the funk to the ballpark. Now, he can dot his I's and cross his T's, and he can make out a lineup card, and he can play the percentages and crunch all the numbers you want. It's still up to the players to get things done on the field. So for me, as wonderful it is to have the great Craig Council uh, as the manager of the Chicago Cubs, it's more important to what players are they going to bring on board and who are they going to spend money on players coming into this thing. There's some. Uh, there's got to be some effect, right? I mean, like... Look what Bochi helped bring to Texas. I don't know how to quantify him. They're well, I mean, Seager not, didn't hurt. No, of course. Well, I mean, he was phenomenal. Geez, I mean, they had Mar- some acquisitions, right? Uh, yeah, but they had Seager last year, York. I mean. No, I understand. It still was a help um, just because they had more players they, they acquired last year. You do need great but, players. I don't, of course. I don't disagree. Um, I, of course. And, Listen, and, Lou Pinella came here, and they finished first twice, and then they finished second and third. Yeah. Okay, so was it Lou Pinnell's fault they finished second and third? Was it his fault that they finished, or did you give him credit for finishing first twice? No, no. Or is and it I still know, the players I, that get things done I, on the field? I don't think it's so, I don't know that it's so binary, is it? I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I don't know how to quantify what a manager brings. I think it's hard. In football, it's a lot easier. Uh, even in basketball, uh, while the players matter more than anything else, like what a coach can do in a small group of guys, like I do think there are, I, I think there are things where you can see what an NBA coach's worth is All to right. a team. There we go. I think it's very hard in baseball, baseball yeah. to figure out, like, what is that quantifiable thing or what is it that they bring? I mean, I think Bochy's bringing something to the party because he's got four of these damn things it, now. It, but Is Ozzy the one year that he was manager for the White Sox where they won the World Series? Did he do such a wonderful job that year? 
that he had such an effect on the players that year that he couldn't re- replicate it the rest of his managerial career? Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, that's what yeah. I'm trying to ask. Or was it the players that were getting things done? Of course. I mean, it's the combination of it all. And obviously the manager uh, fills out the lineup card and yells at a guy when he doesn't hit a guy when he's supposed to hit him. You know, so I still remember a lot of that. And he creates (laughs) the atmosphere, right? He creates an atmosphere. He creates the expectations for the team. It's a tough thing to quantify in baseball. It is. But it's still up to the team to get it done. And the old 54, 54, and 54, mm -hmm. 54 games you're going to lose, 54 games you're going to win, and then the manager is responsible for 54 games is a crock. Yeah, I don't think a manager is responsible for 54. A, a manager can make a difference in probably three or four. I was going to say, is it five? Is it yeah. maybe ten? I don't there you even go. know. I don't even know. Was that? Is I, it I'd like, say five. Is yeah, the maybe. maximum. So I think Council's. A, if you ask uh, who are the good managers, I'd list Craig Council. But it is very hard in baseball to identify sometimes what makes them great or what separates them. I guess. Uh, because in football, like I said, in basketball, I think there are things that are easier to identify. I, I think you can identify when a guy's probably not the best for the job. I don't know that the guy in the south side is the best for the job, Yurko. i got to be honest with you. I think there are some identifiable things that tell you, eh, eh, probably not so good. But what really makes like a guy great, what might separate what we consider the best of the best from just the average guys, I don't know. Well, who then, did Littlefinger hire again down there? Nobody. The ma- Griffol's the manager. They're sticking with him, if you can believe it. With who? Griffol. They're sticking with him. That's why I'm like, you think they could have called Craig Council and been like, hey. I'm glad you told me. I forgot yes, who the manager was. They're Griffoles. sticking with him. Oh Griffol's. That's what they're going with? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, It's crazy, right? It's crazy. And while you can debate, like... The nuance of what is council really bring, and you better add a few more players if you think you're going to be good anyway. Sometimes they're bad enough where you just know oh, that ain't the right guy for the job, and that's what's disappointing. Well, we had, here's we had a shock. What's hard for us Sox fans to accept? Yeah, 162 games watching Griff Holes. Make <laughs> him Griff Holes. No, yeah, well, I mean, he, what name does he deserve? I, I don't. His I don't know what name? he deserves. <laughs> Griffles. What's his name? Griffle then? Yeah, Pedro Griffal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the White Sox are a mess. You think? And they're going to be a worse mess. Can't wait to start celebrating that stuff at the end of March. Can we go to spring training, though, at least? It's Why? Fun. I like Because it's fun. I like spring. I like I'm, Arizona I'm, in the, in I'm the spring. Ho- I'm hoping we're in the studio on opening day. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I still wouldn't mind going to Arizona because it's fun to be in Arizona in March. Three one. We'll cover uh, the Cubs if we I'll, have to. I'll be yeah. at Pinehurst. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. George is in Lincoln Park. What up, George boy? Hey, how are we doing, guys? Good, man. How are doing you? great. Good. Yeah, I just wanted to call in here. I'm fired up about this move. I mean, Ross, love him for what he did in 2016, um, Cub for life. But you have a chance to go out, get the best manager in baseball. I think you do it. And I think this is just a sign of things that come here for potential free agents that we can land and really, you know, compete next year. We had a good year this past year, but... I think this sets up to uh, be very competitive this year and the years to come, especially with $40 million. I, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> you should be excited, George. I th- I'd be excited if it were my team. I would. I think you should be excited. I get Yurko's point. Like you're, I don't know that a manager's ever going to win a baseball team uh, a championship where, again, it's a few of these other sports you can more identify the impact. But obviously, Bochy's doing something right. I mean, I mean obviously- on a bear loss Monday, on a bear loss Monday, 
It's not a bad little distraction. Yeah, you should to have. be happy. Yeah, Absolutely, it's a nice like, distraction to have. If you are a Cub fan, you should it means be I was happy right about on it. Ross. It means I was right on Ross because mm-hmm. they fired Ross, right? They, so they I was obviously right think that this guy's going to give them something more. Meant I was right on Ross. That's yeah. all you could say. It. The White Sox thought Grafal was going to give them more than Tony La Russa. I'm not so sure. What if they the hired box? Ross on the South Side? Say Grafal uh, goodbye. I would take. take I would do. I would take Ross over Pedro Grafal. I would. I don't think it's as exciting as this. You should be excited if you're a Cub fan today. Um, I believe I'd be that. more excited, more excited if, to have Council here, or if uh, the the outfielder comes back, Bellinger. I'd be. Are we I, are we totally bought in on the fact that Bellinger's back? It seems like it. Well, right? no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If they announced if that was the announcement today, I'd be much happier. Right. Assuming we think that yeah, Bellinger's back. He'll never backslide the way he did those couple of years. Yeah, of course. Bellinger's a player. Player means more. Thank you. So that's what I'd really be excited about. Frankie's in Humboldt Park. What's up, Frankie? Frankie. Frankie. Hey, hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Uh, I know this is all breaking news with Craig Townsend. We probably don't have much details. But, you know, paying him all this money, is this guy going to be giving us a couple innings towards late in the game? He's going to go out there pitching? I <laughs> He's mean, definitely not going to do that. He maybe spell you on the infield for a couple innings, but he ain't going to be pitching. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad it's a bad move, but you know I think we should be throwing some money at maybe some pitching, yeah. maybe improve our bullpen a little bit, you know make make, make that a little bit stronger. But you know I'm gonna go ahead hang up. All the, what you guys got to say love you guys. Thanks, hey, Frankie. Thank you. Gotta, you. Shoes, gotta put some shoes on, man. <laughs> uh, man, my dogs are barking, man. <laughs> Thanks, my Frankie. dogs look good. Frankie must be watching on the Twitch channel. Yeah. Um, no, Frankie, all those things I do think will come. I you're gonna get into the meat of this offseason and free agents will start signing. I that's think that right. stuff will come. Nick, uh, not Nico, Nick. Nico, Nick, same thing, I guess. Nick in Norwich, nice alliteration, wants hey, to talk about Tevin Nick. Jenkins. What's up, Nicky? How's it going, guys? Good, man. So, with Jenkins being <clears throat> injured his rookie year, last year he had multiple different types of injuries. This year he was on IR to start. Every time he plays, though, he plays really well. So isn't this one of the harder decisions Poles is going to have to make? If he can play a full season next year, would it be a contract with a lot of roster bonus incentives on, on like, game day activity bonuses type of deal? Or what do you think? How, how, how is that going to play out? I don't know how that looks. Yurk, what do you think? Good question. Uh, Thanks, Nick. Uh, Jenkins out of contract after next after year. After next year. Fourth year. Next year will be his fourth year. Right. Next year. Next year will be his fourth year. Yeah, correct. That, that's not a problem. Uh, you won't be able to put all that stuff in there. If he ends up making it to free agency, do you know what I'm saying? The the agents will say absolutely not. Especially if he keeps playing like this. Yes, paying his salary. Yeah. Pay him what you want to pay him. It's not going to be uh, dependent upon him being healthy. You're not doing up-downs. And what I mean by up-down is if you're on the active roster, you get paid at a rate. If you're uh, if you're inactive, you get paid for either injury or for anything. No, no star player right, not for a good or player. a guy that's ranked as high as he is week in and week out yeah. is going to sign that kind of deal. He'll say, go blow it out your keister. I'll wait for another offer. Makes sense. Yeah. Kick and play. Let's hope he stays healthy and he stays on the field because Tevin Jenkins is a monster. We'll take a quick break. Cub calls, Bears calls, 312-332-3776. We're back in just a few. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Today is Monday, but before you know it, York, it'll be Friday, and we will be wrapping the week. We'll be breaking down Bears and Panthers. Ooh, what a thriller. For Thursday night, we'll talk about all the other action in Week 10, and you can come see us this Friday. Now, it's not a football feast, but we're going to be out and about with our good friends at the Pride Stores and 93 Octane Brewery. 
We've done lots of shows out there in St. Charles over the years. They got a beautiful little patio attached uh, to the bar that is heated. So, although we're going to have a pretty mild week, it looks it like. It seems like it's going to be a mild week. I love it, man. Yeah. So come see us at 93 Octane. Now, uh, it's kind of like right between downtown St. Charles and downtown Geneva. It's on uh, Route 38 there, Lincoln Highway, Roosevelt sure. Road. It's called a bunch of different things. But yeah. if you're going west on 38 and you go through uh, over the river and through downtown and Geneva. Through woods, and through the woods. And through the Grandmother's house we go. Yes, Yerko. Uh, you will run right into uh, 93 Octane. The exact address is 1825 Lincoln okay. Highway in St. Charles. Come by and see us. Yeah, and there's going to be beer on tap. They have great beer. But we also did a Remus pick, a George Remus. If you like MGP bourbons and rise, and the Remus stuff is always very good. We did a Remus pick with the Pride stores that will be available soon, and you can come out and taste it. And MGP's Master Distiller is going to be in town this weekend. And so when the show's over, I'm going to stick around and do a little tasting with them. And oh, you wonderful. can come by for that. That yeah. sounds like fun. I think they're basically encouraging people, stick around after the show, and we'll do a little tasting of some Remus stuff with uh, MGP's Master Distiller. So... That floats your boat. Come by and see us this Friday to wrap the week, talk football, to, uh, learn a little bit about Remus uh, Bourbon uh, and Rye after the show and taste Remus. some fun stuff at 93 Octane Brewery in St. Charles. Can't wait for that on Friday. Okay, back out to the phones, my friend. Do you want to talk I, Bears? I, I think we are ready you to go back talk to the Cubs. Cubs. The Cubs have made a huge splash to kick off the offseason, the Teams are convening in Scottsdale for a few days this week at the GM meetings. We just talked to Jesse Rogers, and the Cubs shocked the world. <laughs> Five years, $40 million for Craig Council as his contract was up in Milwaukee. And all in the last handful of days, the Cubs got this done. They identified a manager that they wanted, even though they liked David Ross very much, and they went out and got, uh, again, by most accounts, one of the best in the business. If you want to talk fields, bears, uh, we're still taking calls on that as well. We'll cross-talk with Waddle and Sylvie in about 20 Let's go to Cordell in Cal City. He wants to talk about Justin Fields. What's up, Cordell? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? I got a little. All right, I got a little bit of a rant. I hope you give me a little bit of a second. Yeah, no problem. I love you, brother. Thank you, thank you, my friend Cordell. Look, I truly believe that Justin is getting hosed, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Fields fan. I'm saying this because I bleed navy blue and orange, and I'm in the camp of Jared Payton, J Mac, Lance Briggs. I believe that Getz, this coaching staff does not believe in him. Getsy is proving that in real time. He's doing everything possible to make it so Baguette succeeds. He's moving the pocket. He's getting them on the edge. And these are all the things that will fit Justin Fields. This kid, I, I truly believe that he is willing, that we, he needs a staff that's willing to tailor the scheme around him. This is the second regime that's trying to plug him into a system. And we knew from the start, the moment Jesse got hired, the first thing he did was change Justin's footwork to fit the timing of his scheme. We can't keep doing it, guys. Uh, all right, Cordell. I mean, I, I don't think they're trying to sabotage Justin Fields by not like playing to his strengths. I, I don't believe a coaching staff would ever do that. It's, it, it'll get you fired. This coaching staff is going to get fired at the end of the year because they can't win games. Work. Yeah, and if it doesn't I, work, they're going to all get fired. I don't think they're out to I make Bajent look good and Justin look bad. Uh, I, my fellow Calumet City brethren, this. Seven of eight quarters against Denver in uh, the victory against, was it uh, the Commanders or against the Raiders? Uh, the Commanders. Seven of eight quarters. Justin Fields looked like one hell of a quarterback. 
I mean, remember I told you I saw the signs, the signs, I saw the signs, I saw the signs. I'm seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. I'm seeing something positive. Um, They put, the coaching staff helped put Justin Fields and the Bears offense in a position where they could be ultra successful and score points. Okay, they did that together. Right. That was a team concept going forward. Seven of eight of those quarters were phenomenal. The type of quarterbacking that you know, looks like it could be a, a playoff-type quarterbacking situation. I saw it. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know, then some would say, well, who'd you play? It doesn't make a difference. I saw that type of quarterbacking. Eight touchdowns, one interception. Mm-hmm. I saw it with my own eyes. Then the Minnesota game came, and the blitzing came, and the lack of recognition came, and, and it turned into... All those positive signs suddenly went up in flames. That's what happened. But I remember those games. I remember seven of those eight quarters. And you can't tell me anybody was working against Justin Fields right. at that point because it was looking great. It was looking fantastic. I still remember. I still go back to that, which is why I've got a want in my heart and a want in, 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 in everything that is me to get him back onto the field. So I can see a replication of the seven of those eight quarters. I would, I would what it. I want to see. I want it back. I would love it. I want to see him on the field. I want to see it. I don't want the lasting memory of the Minnesota game to be my final memory of what Justin Fields is all about. Mm-hmm. I want to get him back in. I want to give him seven games. I want him healthy. I want him to be able to throw the ball. That's what I'm looking for. If he's not 100% healthy this week on Thursday, I don't want him to play. But with 10 days later... You bet your sweet Aiken Panachkis, he's going to be ready to rock and roll. And now I want to see him, and I want to see him for the rest of the year. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, what did you make? A, look, Caleb Williams has not had the kind of year I think he thought or people thought USC lost its third game. By the way, the over in that game, the total in that game was yeah. 70, I think it went it over. 7, 77. 94 points. It went over with yeah. five minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah, 94 points. You were sitting, you gotta, you're, you're living large if you had the over in that game. I love that defense. Hey, what do I think? There. They scored 42 points, right? I think they scored enough to win a football game, yes? Yes. Okay, I think they scored offensively enough to win a football game. That's what I think. Like here in Chris's. They fired the defensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, Alex Grinch was fired. Yeah. You knew that was probably. A year coming. too late. A year too yeah. late. Chris is probably. The USC fan in right. him is already. But Chris said it upstairs. You know, the, the conundrum that has become like sort of Caleb in this season. You know, you look at the. What was it? The turnover in the second quarter, Chris, that when he turned it over and it led to Washington getting points yeah, at the half? End of the second quarter, yeah. right before the half, USC. Yeah. Uh, you know, the turnover was a fumble in the pocket where Yurik, he yeah. was dancing around, uh, trying to make a play, going backwards, football low near the hip, and once again getting knocked out. Turnover, short field for Washington. They put six on the board and get the extra point, seven. Now they go into halftime, and they're basically behind the score the rest of the way with a defense that can't stop anyone. Yeah, right. They can't string stops together. And, like, that's so, bad mechanics, and it's, it's sloppy play, and it's loose if, with the ball. And If I'm Caleb Williams, after consoling myself in the bosom of my mother, is there any reason for him to play the rest of the way out if he's going to come out in the draft? Why risk injury? Yeah, because the any the, chance the, of going to the playoff is the over. Heisman's the Heisman's gone. Oh, it's gone. Uh, winning the conference championship, going to the gone. playoffs, gone. gone. Everything's gone. gone. Yeah. Okay, and if, if the world tells me, and I don't know who the guy was that told me that he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Who's the guy that came out with the report? It was one, one, There was a guy that came out with a report that said he is the end-all, be-all of quarterbacks. 
prospects coming out in the draft this year. Uh, La Confora or Lefevre or somebody that's an NFL guy came out and, and made those statements. Why would I be in college football anymore? I don't know. Yeah, that's a fair point. You're, he's only gonna, I mean, that's, I mean I at this point. I'm, and if people are going to keep nitpicking every, yeah. you know. Thank you guys very much. I'm going to go and I'm going to work out and I'm going to prepare for the NFL. Appreciate yeah. everything, guys. Wish it could have worked out better. You guys need to start preparing for next and, year. And here, here's Shake some hands, here, kiss some babies, and leave. Here's the rub with this guy, too, because like what Chris just talked about is real. When the pressure is on, the mechanics seem very sloppy. And man, if you know that happens to everybody, though. Well, it does, Yerk. But like, it also when you watch Joe Burrow or Mahomes operate under pressure, there is now. Do I expect him to be those guys yet? No, he's like a twenty-year-old kid or twenty-one-year-old kid in college. Maybe it gets coached out of him. There are mechanical things, and there's like this looseness with the ball that drives you crazy. Then there, did you see? I don't know if you saw it. The, the his third touchdown pass. Then he throws, like, his third touchdown pass, and those are the ones where you go, sweet Jesus, like, come on. There are a handful of guys in the world that can make the throw, that can do some of the things he does physically. And so, like, that's the hard part, and you got to do well, your evaluation of all of it, but that's what drives you crazy watching a player like Caleb. Both Williams. Burrow. Burrow. Quarterback for Kansas City. Mahomes. Mahomes. Tom Brady. They get smacked in the face. Their yeah, feet I mean, look like Bruno Mars back there. Okay? Yeah, but, They're moving a thousand you, miles a minute. When you get smacked in the face, you get happy feet and you put your own clock in your head. Every quarterback has had it happen to them. Okay. Now, but, what happens, the great ones can simmer that down okay. and woe that thing yeah. and then get back out in there and settle themselves down and get things happening yeah. again. So the question then is, after he does get smacked around a little bit, can he get the feet back settled down right. and going in the right direction where they need to be? But they all look like Bruno Mars back there. He makes a handful of physical plays every week that make you go, wow. But yeah. then there's all the other stuff. You know, is he a little out. too selfish? Is he a little too small? Is he too much of a, just like a front-running quarterback? I mean, there's all these things go, to nitpick. I was going to go with a Fred Astaire reference there, but don't, I don't, don't think anybody knows Fred Astaire, <laughs> which is why I went with the Bruno it's Mars reference. Much better. Because Bruno Mars got some moves. Yes, he does. I don't know if you've uh, seen Bruno Mars. Usher, Bruno Mars, yeah. Michael Jackson. Any of them would have been better than Fred Astaire. Well, I mean, Michael Jackson so, does have a little bad connotation to him. Okay, but as far as his moves. Moves, the yeah. moves were very good. You guys want uh, Lincoln Riley for next Bears coach? No. Anyone want Lincoln Riley? I'll tell you what. I take Lincoln Riley to be on my offensive coach any day of the week. <laughs> any day of the week. You do look at the quarterbacks he's worked with and what he's done for some of those guys. I love it. But he, no. To he be my did head finally coach, fire no. Alex Grinch. I know. We just talked about I'm it. Adam, saying, step, he fired, he fired Alex Grinch. Yeah, right before the holidays. And like Chris said, you're too yeah. late. Uh, all right. We'll talk about our players of the weekend next, and we'll squeeze in a few more calls. Then we'll crosstalk at two with Waddle and Sylvie. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Now... Can they win it? Trout to the end zone. Touchdown! Tank Dell! C.J. Stroud leads a magical drive. Uh, you got to be kidding me with C.J. Stroud. I guess somebody will finally put uh, an end to the quarterbacks from Ohio State can't play in the NFL. 
I think C.J. Stroud might He's be a, one. I yep. think he might be a good one, folks. Uh, C.J. Stroud threw for 470 yards yesterday and five touchdowns. He has 14 touchdown passes and one interception on the year. Yeah, it's pretty good. He uh, has three 300-yard passing games already in the NFL. That's pretty good. Three. Yeah. Uh, the kick can ball. What's their record? They are what? Uh, they're four, four and, and four. Four, four yeah. and four. Four and four. Yeah. They're a competitive football team. Yeah. And, uh, the, and Tank Dow looks like a good draft pick. And C.J. Stroud and Willie Anderson. And, hmm. uh, it's what we asked from uh, our team hanging into the year. Uh, yeah. Eric, isn't that what we yep. projected this team? Not yep. happening. Defensive-led coach. Trying young quarterback. Yep. Figuring it out. Just winning games. Average, yeah. Young Just quarterback from Ohio State. Yeah, not huh. working. Not Not working. But that kick and flat-out play, let's talk about our players of the weekend brought to you by Total Roofing and Construction, our great friends for all your roofing and home construction needs. Check them out today. That's Total Roofing and Construction. So CJ definitely deserves uh, a nomination from someone, I would think. Who, who are you going with this, Yerk, for your That's player? That's where I'm going. You're I'm going, going with CJ Stroud, yeah. hands down. He was, he the was, youngster out of Ohio State. I, listen, I watched that game. It was going back and forth, back and forth. I was on the other side of that. I, I, You're I was, on the wrong side. I was on the wrong side of that. You know, my confidence. Yeah, you had Tampa. I took all the home teams, and yeah. the only visiting team I had was Tampa. And it looked like Tampa was going to get it done, and they couldn't. Why? Because C.J. Stroud wouldn't allow his team to lose. Uh, yeah, he was just absolutely incredible. Um, I tell you, they got a, they they've got an interesting little team. They got some receivers that look like they can play. And Nico Collins has played well. I mean, Tank Dell looks like he might be good. The throw he made, I'm trying to remember which touchdown it was. I'm looking real quick as I'm trying to see. Maybe it was, maybe it was the, the first one to tank Dell. I mean, the throw, the throw, the throw, the throw he the throw made he down threw. the sideline towards the back of the, the end zone. The throw he threw. Yeah. yeah. The throw he threw to the first touchdown, I think it was, to tank Dell was like, wow. I mean, the kid really has some talent. Abdallah, who are you going with from this weekend? Uh, Carmen, could you please hit me with the sweet yeah. sound this was of good. Brad Nessler. This was good. That's Milrow all the way. Jalen Milrow will walk in. Touchdown, Alabama. Let's see if it's a quarterback keeper. It is. Jalen Milrow back in, in for the touchdown. Put it in reverse and score. Milrow thinking about throwing it again, and now he takes off. Jalen Milrow. Touchdown, Alabama. Second down and five. Alabama can get a first down at the six-yard line. And it's Jalen Milrow. Pump fakes. Jalen Milrow. Touchdown, Alabama. Again, four for number four. You know what's fun? Uh, Rooting for Justin Fields twice on a weekend. I get to root for Jalen Milrow on Saturday and then the actual Justin Fields, hopefully, uh, on (laughs) the coming Sundays because Jalen Milrow, 219 yards through the air, no touchdowns, 155 yards rushing, four touchdowns on the ground. Listen, he he can't throw. Like he can't, he just his, can't. his deep ball is good. It's fine, uh, and he's got the arm strength. Yeah, you know, he to does. really get the ball down the but field. He throws but. some ducks out there, man, and he overthrows guys all well, the that's time. Part of the problem, like I he think, over, yeah. like they should have won. They should have had two more touchdowns that he just overthrew wide open yeah. dudes. Yeah, but uh, they found a way to win LS against LSU. Now they have to beat Kentucky this weekend, and then uh, the SEC chair Auburn, obviously, and then the SEC championship game. And hopefully, did Georgia struggled a little bit, a little more against, than people thought. Yeah. Missouri's not bad though but uh, yeah Georgia a struggled chance. a little bit more than people thought and now uh, they've got control with wins over LSU and Ole Miss now they've got control of the SEC West again like Adam said they control their destiny Abdallah uh okay so Abdallah's going Milro Black who are you going with I'm gonna go back I'm gonna go to Saturday night as well you guys are talking about the Washington uh, USC game give it to the running back Dylan yeah. Johnson 26 yeah. carries 256 yards on the ground 
four touchdowns. He had as many yards rushing as Michael Penix had throwing. That's crazy. Yeah, you heard from the that. running back position. You, you he was heard outstanding. That right from Chris, two hundred and fifty. He was great rushing yards. He was great. Uh, I got to go with this guy right here. Josh Dobbs goes out of the shotgun, puts Brandon Powell in motion. Four receivers. Dobbs looks left, shakes the shoulders, gets away from the pressure right, pumps on a Falcons linebacker, shakes and tackles the 15-10. Touchdown! Josh Dobbs! Let's go! 21-19 Atlanta. It's an 18-yard touchdown run by the new kid in town, Josh Dobbs. And then he throws a go-ahead touchdown pass after that. He got there like on ah! Wednesday. Love Paul Allen. <laughs> Josh Dobbs. I almost couldn't believe the stat. They, they said it. I think Scott Hansen said it a couple times yesterday. Since week 15 of last year, Yurko. Yep. He's been on now five teams. That almost seems like impossible. Impossible. But God bless him. I'm going to go Josh Dobbs. Didn't know the plays. No. Didn't know. Phenomenal. He didn't know. Phenomenal. Just said, screw it. Let's go play. Uh, then there's Arthur Smith, the coach of the team that the Vikings beat. Um, what do you have to offer? <laughs> nothing. Uh, Atlanta was up 8-3 late in the second quarter, York. That was a safety. They were up 8-3. Uh, Josh Dobbs fumbled. It was one of his bad plays at the at their own twenty. It was returned down to the one yard line. Right. Uh, Atlanta started for uh, first and goal from the one with the false start, so that backed them up. Then they ran a little um, screen to Jonu Smith, which actually got the five yards back, and they were back down at the one. Uh, then they tried a jet sweep with Jonu Smith that gained no yards. Then they handed the ball off to Tyler Algier. He lost uh, four yards, five yards. I think he lost four yards. It was back to the five yard line. Uh, I don't think B.J. Robinson was on the field for any of those plays. Do you, right. I, they didn't look at Kyle Pitts once. Then Arthur Smith decided, you know what I'm going to do up five from the five-yard line? I'm going to kick a field goal and make it an eight-point game. Eight game. It went to 11. I saw 11. It was a weird score, right? Yeah. Yeah. 11. He said, I'm going to make a five-point lead, an eight-point lead. It was early, though. From the five-yard line. It was early. It was late in the second quarter, uh, and then Josh Jobs went right down the field, and they scored a touchdown. Uh, when we talk about the coaching decisions that suck and the coaches that, quite frankly, just suck in this league, I should be fired for picking Arthur Smith as my coach of the year. I, I took a flyer on the Falcons. I thought they're going to win that crappy division. And, and it's a crappy division. Uh, and Arthur Smith is awful. Uh, I thought at times last year they did some clever, creative things with their offense with uh, two quarterbacks that couldn't throw the football. But uh, he and his coaching staff have gone backwards. And it's decisions like that that should and will get you fired. Those are our players of the weekend and not our coach of the weekend, for sure. T- uh, brought to you by Total Roofing and Construction. How about Jameis, our guy from... I mean, hey, I don't know if he's going to buy us sandwiches today. Sandwiches already. I'm, I'm enjoying Italian sandwiches right now. James from lacrosse. Thank you. I, I owe you guys sandwich. I lost the bet. And the he, land of sky blue waters. He called Barry and Barry delivered known. sandwiches. How does, see how that works? From the land and of Now and then, he got Waddle and Sylvie sandwiches, too. What a mensch. What a mensch. Uh, a strong move by Jameis. All right, let's see. Um, Jameis, thank you for the sandwiches. He's got the final word. We're back in two minutes. Carmen and Yurko present today's... Final word. Because you had to be a big shot, did you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have a last word on Carmen and Yuriko. To roam 
Loomis or whoever number seven is on the Saints is basically Bayless. Every time they put him out there, you knew he was going to run the ball. Taysom. I mean, what were we doing? You're thinking of Taysom Hill, yeah. Yeah, number seven, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Taysom, Tyson, who cares? 